Fifteen years ago, in June 2003, as Catholic Canada was still recovering from World Youth Day 2002, an energetic 80-year-old Italian man, Gaetano Galliano, convinced a young priest, Father Thomas Rosica, to take the helm of a new enterprise, a Catholic television network, which they called Salt and Light TV. That was 15 years ago. Today, Salt and Light is an award-winning, multi-platform media organization sharing the good news of the gospel through television, radio, print, and online media. Since our first documentary, Love is a Choice, released in 2004, Salt and Light has produced over 60 documentaries and produced dozens of TV series, videos, and other programs. This radio program, the Salt and Light Hour, was first produced in 2008 and is listened to online and in some... 20 over-the-air stations across the United States. Salt and Light began as Mr. Galliano's dream, and it's become a reality that has touched the hearts and minds of so many people around the world. As we enter into this anniversary year, we want to celebrate Salt and Light and the awesome 15 years that have been. And to help me remember those first days in June 2003, I'm now joined over the phone from Rome by Father Thomas Rosica, founding CEO of Salt and Light Television. Welcome, Father Tom, to the Sultan Light Hour. Buonasera. Nice to talk to you. Buonasera. So you are, you've been with us for 15 years. You were right there at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about that story. I, I, I imagine that you're in Rome. Every time you go to Rome, you've with me, you've always taken me to that iconic restaurant where some deal was made about Sultan Light Television. Tell us a little bit about that story. Well, after World Youth Day was over in November of 2002, um, I was called to a meeting with the Galliano family. I hadn't known the family. Mm-hmm. I know they had been some major sponsors of part of the World Youth Day. And at this meeting in November, Mr. Galliano was at the head table with his children. Bishop Nicola DeAngelis was there, then the Auxiliary Bishop of Toronto. And they made a deal and said, we want you to take over this new television network. Frankly, I thought they were crazy. I mm-hmm. said, I have, I've just done my military service. Uh, enough is enough, and thank you very much. And they made a big, big pitch in saying, look, we've arranged with the government to grant us a single-faith license from the CRTC, the Regulatory Commission, and we've been watching you. We want you to do it. I thanked them very much for the kind invitation and said, look, I'm going to Rome tomorrow. In fact, the following evening, it was November of 2002, I was coming to Rome with Cardinal Ambrosic and the late Archbishop of Toronto, mm-hmm. with the president of the Conference of Bishops, and the Pope had invited us for kind of a review for lunch and to talk about what had just happened at the World Youth Day. Yeah. And so we arrived, and two days later, we're sitting at the lunch table in the Apostolic Palace with Pope John Paul II mm-hmm. and speaking about World Youth Day. And in the meantime, the Galliano family sent me this long fax with the job description right. and basically twisted my arm. Well, at the end of that meal, uh, the Pope asked me, so what are you going to do? What have they asked you to do? And I said, well, I'd like to go back to the university. I'd like to have a little bit of a break, but go back to the university. And he chided and kidded, and, and then the secretary of the Pope, then Archbishop Jivich, said, tell the Holy Father, I told Jivich, what was about. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this family wants me to do a television network. And I'll never forget, John Paul looked at me and he said in Italian, Televisione Cattolica in Canada, perché un paese di missione, you're living in a mission country. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. 
right. I didn't want to hear that from anybody, but especially from the vicar of Christ, the successor of Peter. I kind of chided and laughed, and I thought he was just kidding. It was a very friendly conversation. And over the next two days, I heard the same thing in various restaurants here. I had been with Cardinal right. Lombardi then and with uh, Cardinal Sodano, and they asked me, and I said, well, what do you think? These people want me to do a TV network. And all of them said, you must take it. Mm-hmm. After what just happened with World Youth Day, you showed us that you're able to deal with the media and the public. The church needs this. Your country needs it. And frankly, I didn't want it. I was. I said, no way. I knew what was involved. It was a huge, huge yes. project. Well, 15 years later, I'm sitting here in Vatican City. I'm in a convent overlooking St. Peter's Square. Yeah. And I can see from my window right now the Apostolic Palace. Mm-hmm. I can see St. Peter's Square. And uh, there's a lot of memories coming back here, because yes. this is kind of where this, the deal was sealed. Yeah, I know. And to have the Holy Father himself tell you, take the job, when you got that, I guess, that green light from the Holy Father, did you, and after you found out about, you know, more more details as to what opportunities there could be with television, what did you think? Did you think that this was a great opportunity to to form young people in the media? Were you thinking about making documentaries? What was the first first thoughts that you were thinking about what Salt and Light could be? The very first things I had to do was to speak to my superior general, being a religious right. priest. And, yeah. and I was convinced that the Brazilians would say, enough, we've given you for four years to World Youth Day, come back to us. Mm-hmm. And the general at the time just looked at me, I showed him the contract, and he said, the Brazilian Fathers stand for Education in the Church's Mission of Evangelization. Right. It seems that this project could be that. Mm-hmm. And so I gave it some thought for a couple weeks, and I said, if we're going to do this, if this will go forward, number one, we had to continue the momentum of World Youth Day, which mm-hmm. involved so many young adults, including yourself, which puts you all in key positions. I trusted and trusted and hopefully empowered So young people had to be in the forefront of this. And number Mm -hmm. two, this would not be simply for preaching and teaching and screaming at people, but it would be for a true mission of education and evangelization. A high-level Catholic television network that's developed into numerous platforms now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's what happened. We've had our major challenges, bumps, resistance, and everything else. But I don't think we would be here after 15 years if we didn't have the cooperation of God and the saints yes. and some outstanding young adults that have been with us through it all and have really been the stars of Salt and Light Television and Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. Yeah. You came to this uh, television uh, network with very little to no television experience. Um, so clearly you learned a lot in that area, but what are some lessons maybe that you can share that you've learned from being here for the last 15 years? I've learned that the the message of the Church can be proclaimed and taught, it should be proclaimed and taught most effectively by having young adults Mm -hmm. speak this. You know, that's what the Synod is about. I'm here in Rome now working at the Synod of Bishops, which has as its theme young people, the faith, and the uh, transmission of faith, and also vocational discernment. Young people are the great protagonists of this. They wake us all up. They ask the real questions. Another challenge would be we have to speak the truth in season and out of season and to be creative about how we do it. Rather than spending our time saying the young people are lost, they're not here, the question we've tried to ask is how can we go and meet them where they are and provide a welcoming space? How can we teach and preach 
at the same time providing a welcoming space. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is to build bridges so that communication, telecommunications, radio communications, can be a very positive, forward-looking, hopeful event and process. Mm -hmm. And I believe we've tried to do that through our documentaries, through our programming, through the hundreds and hundreds of programming, the series that we've done, and some award-winning films. Yeah, maybe maybe this is not fair because there's so many uh, good projects to choose from, but if you had to pick one project that really stands out in your mind, whether you worked on it or you didn't work on it, but what what is maybe one of the proudest achievements that you think is for Salt and Light Television? I, I, I can't see one. I can see some of the major documentaries. We've decided, to, we've, we've aimed to tell the story of saints mm -hmm. in an appealing, uh, interesting, inviting way with some contemporary flavor to it. Rather than just telling sugary, sweet, hagiographic hey, stories, we've told the stories of Caterita Caquitha, of Brother Andre, mm -hmm. of other saints, St. Jana, our patron, with a very human approach to it, to make the saints speak to our generations today. That's, they've been very good projects. I've had a hand in them. But it's mm -hmm. been other people that have been the producers, the writers, the actors. Mm -hmm. Another very important teaching program that we did, very contemporary, is the one that you were involved with, the six-part series on creation. In right. fact, this morning I had to speak about it here at the Vatican, oh. uh, saying that this is one way that we took Laudato Si, that marvelous encyclical letter of Pope Francis, and to bring it to everyday people, into mm -hmm. teaching, into, into homes, with those study guides, the Church Alive series, another one. So it's not just one project. Yes. Of course, we bring the Pope to Canada as well. Right. We televise all of those events, and many, many people who watch us say that we've connected them to the Universal Church mm -hmm. and the Universal Church to their homes and their towns and villages and cities. Yeah, maybe it's a good point to remind our listeners that if they want to follow anything and everything that's happening with the Synod of Bishops, they need to tune into Salt and Light on that's our right, website. That's one of our fortes. Yes. It's been, nobody knew about synods before. No. Even this morning at meetings here at the Vatican, many, many people said... Salt and light, you're the ones that broke open the synod yes. for the world. And yes. I, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, and we continue to do that. Father Tom, I'm going to let you go. I know you've been busy. You've had a long day. But thank you for taking a little bit of time to speak to us and celebrate. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Same to you. Bye-bye. That was our Salt and Light CEO, Father Thomas Rosica. He joined us on the phone from Rome, where he's uh, acting as English language assistant for the Commission for the Information for the Synod of Bishops. Well, hello, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. I want to extend a truly happy 15th anniversary to my friends, my buddies at Salt and Light. I hope you have not 15 more, but I hope you have 50 more. Remember, all things are possible with God. I'm Deacon Pedro. You're listening to our 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour special. Find out all about our Salt and Light TV documentaries and programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org. One of the things I've enjoyed the most about working here at Salt and Light is that there have been so many people that have come and gone. I mean, on one, on one hand, it's sad because everyone who's worked is, here is wonderful, and so it's sad to see them go. But on the other hand, I've made so many lifelong friends, and this is truly one of the very few places where I've worked that I can say that I've been friends with my work colleagues. And so I am very happy to have an excuse to bring four of them together again to help me remember some of the good 
the challenges, the awesome, the remarkable. And so joining me now in the Salt and Light Hour studio are Jillian Cantor. You know her as our Salt and Light Hour parenting expert once a month. She shares what she learned from her kids on this program. And with her also in studio is Krista Matrenko, which if you're a Salt and Light Hour veteran, you'll remember him because he was our Salt and Light Hour news producer for many years. Long time ago. Long time ago. Thanks for having me back, Pedro. Yeah, it's good. Welcome, both of you. And then joining us, joining us over the phone from Vancouver is someone else who contributed to this program as a news producer, Alicia Ambrosio. Welcome, Alicia. Hello, good to be back. And on the phone also from northern Alberta, where it's minus 10 Celsius, you said, is Matthew Harrison. Um, hey, Pedro, minus 10 with the wind chill. With I was the getting up to chill. 4 today, so we're okay. <laughs> 4 degrees centigrade. Um, and I didn't contribute anything to the salt and light hour, but, but I do listen to you. Do you? Okay, because you were never really on, this, on the radio program. You, Matthew was a salt and light TV producer and host for many, many years. Um, but Ma- so Chris, Alicia, Jillian, and Matthew all were Salt and Light TV producers and hosts mm-hmm. for many years. Um, but I'm going to go back to Matthew. Matthew, you never did contribute to the Salt and Light Hour, did you? No, I didn't. I remember you editing the program. I'd see you crouched over in the corner with your little like wave editing and things like that. And you'd but make I fun think of I me. I may have filled in the odd time for uh, for the news segment, but uh, but yeah, it's interesting though because I, I do. Um, subscribe to satellite radio so every so often when I'm driving around in the car on the weekend the hour comes on and I hear you Pedro and it's like oh there's Deacon Pedro doing his thing and it's always nice to hear you and see the kind of programming that you have wow that you're thank working you on. that's what satellite radio this is a, a, a shout out to Sirius XM um, so of all of you four who was here at Salt and Light first Jillian I'm thinking what? Um, I, yeah, I kind of never really left after World Youth Day. <laughs> I just hung around until somebody gave me a job. <laughs> no, I was here, um, I was working for, I left World Youth Day, uh, working for 2000, World Youth Day 2002, and started working for the Catholic Registered Newspaper. Right. Um, and then that became a part-time Catholic Register, part-time Salt and Light gig, probably around 2004, 2005, so... Okay, so we, we had been in existence for a, a year or so, yeah. mm-hmm. a bit, and you were kind of, you, you figure out how to work at Salt and Light TV while still working at the newspaper. Yeah. It's all news, it's all Catholic media, it's got to blend in somehow. So I was working predominantly as the youth editor at the Catholic Register, um, and then I led a group of young journalists um, called Youth Speak News. Yeah. So it started as a program um, for Salt and Light Television called Youth Speak News Made, made for, for TV. TV. Yep. Yes. Um, so we tried to, our, to transition some of the stories that the young journalists were writing for paper to uh, television. Um, and it also gave these young people an opportunity to explore working for TV mm-hmm. um, and gave me an opportunity to explore working for TV as well. Uh, and eventually it, I just transitioned completely over to Salt and Light. And took right. on the role of producer for different programming as well. What, what had you heard about Salt and Light TV when you were working at the Catholic Register? Um, well, <clears throat> I heard that you were there, so obviously, <laughs> why would I not <laughs> obviously be there Obviously, you wanted too? to come work here. <laughs> no, um, it wasn't so much hearsay. It was just still being involved with the same people, right. the same circle of, as you mentioned, friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the opportunity to be part of something new because it was so brand new, this idea of this Catholic television station in Canada. 
um, and wanting to be a part of it from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that's. But you're you're like a print journalist. You mm-hmm. weren't terrified of being on TV. Well, I didn't think I was going to be on TV. So that's the problem. <laughs> you thought you were going to be writing. That's scripts? kind of yes. That is why I started here. I thought I was going to be a behind the scenes writer producer, but um, very quickly you find yourself on. Hey, we need somebody to be on TV. You do it. Okay. Yeah, you. So yeah, so um, it was a bit. And how many years <laughs> did you work? How many years did you work for Salt and Light? So I was here. Like I said, from about 2005 and then 2008, my husband and I went on a um, sabbatical, both left our jobs so that we could volunteer for World Youth Day, which was in Sydney, in Sydney that year. Yeah. Um, so we were gone for about a year and then I returned. Um, but by then I was expecting our first child. So I was only here for a few more months. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, our oldest son, Joseph, was born. So now since our we've started having children, we've been I've been back and forth um, doing some um, some in-studio work, but also mostly right. just writing projects from home. I've never truly left Sultan Lake. You can never really leave. <laughs> you can never leave. And, and you're, like like I mentioned earlier, a monthly contributor to our Salt yes. and Light Hour program. Mm-hmm. So that's great. It's a great excuse to, to keep you connected. Now, Matthew, I think that you were next. Not true. Oh, no. no Krista Matrenko. No. Really? <laughs> yep. I just want to interject on Jillian's comment, uh, what she said about um, having our kids and kind of coming back and forth. And I think actually when you had your second, um, Henry, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That you worked like the day of the birth even. Really? Yep. That day. And then it's like the next day we get a message. Oh, Julie was that, had her baby. Was that the pregnancy that I kept telling you that I would be happy to drive you to the hospital? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I to. never did. Yeah, I left I don't work. don't even remember. Went to pick my son up um, and then went home and soon after I was this in labor. <laughs> mm. So wow. it was really a nice, relaxing couple of hours I had <laughs> off of work. So, right. And yeah. she is our parenting expert because you've had, what, about 17 children since 17, then? yep. Just <laughs> almost ready to give birth to number six, not 17. Number six. That's is right. Jillian is, is very pregnant. So, Matthew, you were next. No, nope. Chris was next. Oh. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> we went over this. I thought you said we were your friends. I'm following a script. <laughs> Chris, you were next. That's right. How did you how did you come to find out about Salt and Light Television? Well, after university, I was working for an organization called Catholic Christian Outreach uh-huh. as a campus lay missionary, and I did that for four years. I was ready to do something else, and I'd heard about Salt and Light. I uh, was really thrilled about the idea of a Catholic television network, mm-hmm. something that was was quite small and new. And uh, so I, I, I went for an interview and I was told, well, you don't really have any relevant experience. <laughs> You're hired. And, <laughs> but I wasn't. I was, I was told if you want to gain some experience, you're welcome to uh, join us as an unpaid intern for the summer, which I did. And so I had another part-time job on the side to make ends meet. And thankfully, it ended up working out. I worked hard that summer here, and I ended up getting hired in, in the fall. What year was that? 2006. I don't remember any of it. Where was I? Good I don't question. remember. You were an intern here before you started working. <laughs> you were probably ignoring me because I was an intern. <laughs> were you? <laughs> probably. Weren't you assigned to be like my associate producer, and then you never did anything I asked you to do? So then I, then I started ignoring you. Yeah, maybe that was it. That was probably it. Um, and okay, so then Matthew, you're next. Then I came along. Yes, I came right after Chris because I started in October 2006. Okay, and you did have TV. I experience. did. Yeah, I had. So I had. I had 
studied um, radio and television arts at Ryerson University, so uh-huh. I had a background with uh, TV, with audio, um, with writing. I'd done some time um, in the seminary as well. That sounds awful. I'd done some time, but I'd done some <laughs> studies Sem- yeah, in, like philosophy same. and some theology. So uh, when I discerned that wasn't the route that I was to take, I thought, well, I've got this kind of um, Catholic education background piece. I've got this technical training piece. And I was friends with um, Father Paul Hentrician, yeah, who also interned at Salt and Light at, at some point, right? And um, and so he had spoken to about me, or spoken to me about Salt and Light, and um, so I just I reached out to uh, to Father Tom, and I sent a note. I think in the subject line I said something like, uh, you know, Paul Hentrician would want you to read this kind of thing, and I just <laughs> sort of said, "This is who I am. Here's my resume." And I got a call, and um, Father Tom and Gita Hosek interviewed me, and then I was uh, invited to join. Right, and Gita Hosek being our director of production (laughs) and programming. And I actually do remember, Matthew, because I remember all of us uh, learning that here was someone who had been in the seminary and actually had a degree in film and television. (laughs) We thought, wow! Overqualified. Yeah, what a perfect, (laughs) perfect mix for, for, uh, for Salt and Light. And Matthew, how many years were you here? So I was here until, I think it was about June 2011, so it's five years. Right, and you also have about 12 children, don't you? No, we have three. Okay. <laughs> three very exciting and, and boisterous children. Boisterous children. scampering around my house right in now. In northern yeah, Alberta. sounds in the background. Yeah. Or two of them are anyways, one's at school right now. And let's not forget that Matthew Harrison is also left-handed, as That's am true. I. Oh, my goodness, we have That's to talk about that in a second. Okay, we will, okay, teaser. Teaser, coming up, coming left-handedness, up. coming up. More left-handed people working in a Catholic organization than ever. Alicia, okay, now you, yeah. I'm probably going to get this wrong as well, but Father, did Father Tom find you in Rome? You were in Rome, weren't you? Sort of, sort of. So I had been working in Rome. I studied in Rome. I studied in Vancouver. I had a, a BA in communications. And then I studied in Rome, and I did my journalism degree there. And I was interning for Catholic News Service while I was studying. Okay. And they really wanted to hire me, but they couldn't because I'm Canadian and they're not. And um, so I came back to Canada and got a job at a local Catholic paper. Um, but I just knew it wasn't the right place. I love print. I absolutely love print news. But I knew that the place I was was just not the right fit. And I you know, did the typical networking thing, just kind of reached out to everyone I knew and said, you know, if you hear of anything that opens up somewhere, let me know. I'm, you know, I know I'm not going to be here very long, whatever. And my former boss in Rome got back to me and said, send your resume to this man. He will hire you sight unseen. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What is this? So I sent my resume to Father Tom, and within 15 minutes, he was calling me. Can you talk? When can you come to Toronto? Wow. We'd like to have you in Toronto. When can you come meet us? Um, that was that was probably like the fall of 2007. Right. And I didn't get to Toronto. I didn't actually like move to Toronto until March of 2008. But I learned afterwards that even before we had met, Father Tom had already been telling the staff yes. that I was coming and that he had hired me. Yes. And that <laughs> yeah, we waited for you for months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found, I found it after the fact by accident, like a year later, someone's like, oh yeah, he told us in November that you were yeah. hired. And I, it was before I'd even come out to like meet 
Father Tom to, to meet you guys at Salt and Light. Um, yeah, so I, I came up then. I had no television experience whatsoever. I was all about print. I was all about words and, you know, putting right. words on paper. Welcome that to the club. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do remember Alicia arriving as well. And, and yeah, there were great, great expectations because we heard for a month that you were you're coming. Um, just in case anybody's tuning in at this time, you're listening to a special 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour show. I'm speaking with former Salt and Light personalities, Julian Cantor, Krista Matrenko, Alicia Ambrosio, and Matthew Harrison. Um, maybe I'm going to throw this out there, see who wants to, 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 to bite the bait. Um, what, what are your thoughts about working here? Um, uh, wh- like, what's the one thing that maybe that you'll remember Maybe this is a better question, actually. So you, 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 a lot of you came here with, with an idea of what it was, um, maybe TV experience or no TV experience. Um, how did that change? I mean, how did you respond to – I'm looking at Chris, so maybe I'll, we'll get Chris <laughs> to start. How did you – you know, you came in, you're a campus missionary, you're excited about evangelization, you come here, you're an intern that first summer that you were here. How did that – did you get – yeah, I really want to work in this place. This is all good. Well, I think what really made me want to stay when I was interning there were the colleagues who I was working with and the passion that they had and their hard work was really inspiring. You learn very quickly that there is nothing much glamorous about working for a small TV network. And Salt and Light Television is small, and that's one of the things I really liked about that is it treats uh, donors' dollars very carefully and uh, which also makes it a very good environment to learn in because, mm-hmm. uh, as Jillian says, you know, um, you might not be here to go on air, but you'll get pulled on air. And uh, you might not be here to learn camera work and editing, but you might pick up those skills too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because all of you have talked about learning. Um, Matthew, maybe you, since you're the one that came in already knowing quote, unquote, and I'll do it on quotes, uh, you know, you knew your theology, you knew your TV and film. What's the biggest lesson you learned from about working here, Matthew? Well, I, I think um, one of the neat things for me, and it, it's not even from a, a technical point of view, but it was just seeing the, the universality of our faith and seeing the different aspects of, of our faith that you maybe wouldn't normally be exposed to. Like I remember when I first went to World Youth Day in, in 2002, and you see so many aspects of the church that, that are just not even on your radar, and the world kind of opens up to you. And that was one of the great things I appreciated working at Salt and Light, is that you get to see all different aspects of, mm-hmm. of the faith. And, I mean, you really um, you get a new appreciation for the universality of the church. So that was something that I really... Uh, um, took with me or really appreciated during my time at Salt and Light. And I think also, Pedro, you kind of hit the nail on the head at the beginning of the of the segment in that, um, you know, you meet people that you, you don't just work nine to five and then go home and, you know, forget about your colleagues, but you end up hanging out and yeah, you know, go to barbecues so and things like that. And yeah. there's a great camaraderie there. <clears throat> and I think that, yeah. you know, that's extended over the years. And also, I mean, there's, there's a um, there's a depth to the friendship as well because there's that faith element and that you're you, you know you can pray with each other and kind of yeah. uh, work each other uh, work with each other through difficulties and you know celebrate successes and things like that so so that was really neat and for me just you know coming in with 
having some technical experience. I mean, that was kind of cool because I got to do, I got to be involved in a wide variety of you projects. Lot, yeah. And like, you know, Pedro was pulling me in to be a camera person on a, on a, a concert that we're going to film or we're going to do yeah. a live um, a live broadcast of the Knights of Columbus Convention and then doing it on air. So there's a nice variety of things that I really appreciated that um, really made each day unique and each day different and exciting to come to work because it wasn't the same thing over and over again. Okay, we're going to take a little break. You're listening to a special 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour show. I'm speaking with former Salt and Light personalities Jillian Cantor, Krista Matrenko, Alicia Ambrosio, and Matthew Harrison. Hello, Salt and Light. Happy anniversary. This is Sarah Hart calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Congratulations on your 15th anniversary with lots of love. I'm Deacon Pedro, and you're listening to a special 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour show with our former Salt and Light TV personalities, Jillian Cantor, Chris Dimitrenko, Alicia Ambrosio, and Matthew Harrison. Jillian, lessons learned. Um, I appreciated the opportunity to be Snoopy. Um, <laughs> that's why I started in journalism, <laughs> because you can ask people questions that you wouldn't normally yeah. ask. Um, <clears throat> and when we had the one of our first programs, um, Salt and Light Magazine, um, you're basically highlighting the stories of ordinary Catholics doing extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. And so that gives you, it opens your eyes to the people around you in your parishes or um, various Catholic organizations <clears throat> to the work that they're doing, um, who they are as individuals and what drives them. Um, and so people you wouldn't normally have the chance to speak with, if you get to yeah. be Snoopy and ask those questions. Yeah. What moves you? What drives you? Why do you love and serve the church as you do? Um, and so it just led to getting to meet um, and admire a variety of different people. Um, and then that that includes our coworkers as well. Yeah. Like what drives you, moves you, what brought you here. Um, and these are the people you get to sit around the lunch table with and have conversations yeah. with. So it was just, it was a good environment to grow and move you in your own faith as yeah, well. That's so true. Cause I, I mean, obviously I agree with what every, everything that everybody has said. Um, but that idea that we get to tell those stories that nobody else is telling mm-hmm. and through us, I mean, there are people, somebody's listening to the radio right now and wondering why are these people talking about themselves? But, you know, it's like th- we're celebrating the fact that we're able to bring this to our listeners through radio or our viewers through television where, you know, and, and we're going to talk about specific projects in a bit. But but to to let Catholics around the world know that there are other Catholics, that mm-hmm. universality, Matthew, that you talked about, that, that, that we're not just our parish. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's great. Alicia, lessons learned. Oh, gosh. So many, so many. Um from, uh, I mean, I have to second everything that you guys have said so far about the camaraderie. Um, I just remember walking into the old office on Richmond Street the day that I had, you know, the day that I was coming out to just meet Father Tom, and I thought be interviewed. It turned out to be like the formal, like, <laughs> here, come meet your, your future coworkers. Um, and I just remember walking through the doors and feeling like I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was exactly. I, I, I can't name the elements for you that that came together to make that. But I just knew, like there was this gut feeling that this is the right place. I belong here. Um, and I think that was one of the really important things that carried me through that sense of 
belonging. Like you belong here. This is not just a place where you show up and, and work nine to five. You right. truly belong here. Um, but I, I learned so much technically, obviously, like I had no television experience when I, when I arrived and I quickly had to learn, you know, how to be in front and behind the camera. I ended up in, in 2010, you know, I was the mobile unit for salt and light in the Vatican. And that, that was powerful in so many ways because it broadened my horizons. Like I was forced to do things that I never thought of myself as doing, that I never considered myself as doing. And only later someone pointed out to me, you realize that's Holy Spirit at work. Like that's the Holy Spirit grabbing you by the hand and saying, let's go this way. There's that, there's that famous meme of, um, like when the Holy Spirit is at work and it's two kids on a roller coaster and one they're holding hands and one kid is freaking out and the other kid is just like laughing and giggling and that's yeah, that's the Holy Spirit exactly what was at play through the whole time through my whole time at Salt and Light like the Holy Spirit at work and me going ah what's going on here and you know what um, uh, can I just interrupt because uh, you mentioned the time that you spent in Rome so we you were our Rome correspondent <laughs> living in Rome for. S- Half a year or several months, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, anything. But yeah, a long time. Yeah. 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 And then, and you, you be, can I say you grew up to become our, our like live events anchor? I mean, if there was a live event, the canonization, uh, Alicia was the one at the desk doing the live coverage, and you did that very well. That there must have been a huge learning curve there. That's again, you put it really well. I grew up, <laughs> I grew up to be able to do that. Um, but again, it, it, the, the support that was there, the camaraderie, the coaching that was available, there was no, um, there was no, there's no, no competitiveness. It was all, we're in this together. We're in the same boat. We want the same thing. I don't know. I think Chris Dimitrenko was, was pretty jealous of you. He <laughs> wanted to do the coverage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Matthew. Um, Alicia, that's an excellent point, is that, there wasn't the sense of like people trying to clamor up some kind of corporate ladder yeah. or trying to outdo the other person. Right. It was everyone kind of working together on the same goal. And I think that was important. That's something unique about that environment yeah. at Salt and Light, that it was really kind of every, everyone working together towards a common goal. I think the opposite is probably true, that actually nobody wanted to do the live coverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when you were having to do events that were at, you know, two or three o'clock oh, in the morning. definitely not. I remember Alicia and I, I think we were doing the live coverage for um, one of the papal visits. Was it the papal visit to the Holy Land? I'm not sure yeah. which one Benedict? it was. Or maybe, maybe it was Spain. Benedict. Yeah, it was Pope Benedict in the Holy Land, and that was a week-long trip. And that was a nine-hour, nine-or-ten-hour <laughs> time difference. So we were we were up there, you know, usually getting our call time might be two or three in the morning. Uh, by the time the week was over, both of us, I think, were, were completely sick um, from exhaustion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It yeah. was uh, it was a tough week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about those projects then. What 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 is the most uh, challenging project that you've worked on, Jillian? Um, I was thinking about this question, um, challenging but also rewarding. I think um, I worked on a series called Mothering Full of Grace, mm-hmm. and it was. <laughs> I think about it now. I'm like, what a farce! I was not even a mother at the time. <laughs> 
Um, it was back in 2007. I had but no look children. Look at how you learned. I know. Wow, it was amazing. <laughs> um, and I had the great assistance of Mr. Matthew Harrison on that, that program. Um, and I remember... Who was also not a mother. Also not a mother. <laughs> That's true. That's we were useless. <laughs> no, but I... Um, I remember sitting in the chapel at the Salt Night office, um, writing the scripts for those programs, and just really being able to offer that up because because of the the reality that it was not apparent. But I do want to provide something that is going to be useful for mothers, mm-hmm. um, and that you know, however it's used, whether it's watched by a mom by herself, or if it's in a mother's group and there's questions for discussion, whatever it is, I wanted it to be something that was good. Um, and so sitting in the chapel, just really offering this project up, whether it was when I was writing the action points for practical things that these women could do regarding each of the episode's themes, mm-hmm. whether it was the prayer for the end of every episode um, that we included, I really just gave that to God and let him write through me. And maybe at the time I didn't realize it so much. Maybe I just thought I was <laughs> sitting in a more comfortable spot than at my computer desk. <laughs> But looking back and knowing that 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 program is still being used by parish mothers groups. It still is, yeah. um, And hearing back Mm -hmm. through the grapevine or from people I know that it's being used and this particular episode was really good or this really spoke to me. Being able to hear that back now and thinking, I'm so grateful because I know that I didn't do that by myself. I know that wasn't me Mm -hmm. because, again, I had that did not have that practical experience of being a mom, of being a parent. So I know that there was someone working in me and through me, and that that's that's all part of the gratitude of this job and this place, is that, you know, where else can a journalist live this faithful life and um, be able to, you know, sit in a chapel in their office or, you know. Yeah, and trust that we might get it wrong, but we don't get it wrong because we are offering it up. Yeah, yeah that's that's great. Maybe I'd, it's, I should be pumping out all these projects we're talking about. Mothering Full of Grace is still being used in parishes <laughs> around the world. You can find out more at our website, saltoflighttv.org. Um, Matthew, I didn't remember that you had worked on mothering. <laughs> um, what, what's one, uh, one uh, uh, challenging project that you've worked on? Uh, it's probably this side of Eden, um, the documentary we did of the um, Benedictine monks in Mission BC, um, <clears throat> and I think it was it was challenging um, for me because we were trying to capture the uh, the Easter Triduum. So it's kind of like you have one shot <laughs> to do it, <laughs> right? Because it's, you're 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 filming parts of the liturgy and, and aspects of it, and um, if you don't get a particular shot, well. You know, you're not going to delay the production a full year. Um, so there was, and it was a very small crew too. It was just myself and um, George Hosek, and I think Dave LaRosse as well assisting. So, yeah. Um, so that was that was definitely challenging, but it was also probably my favorite one, mm-hmm. just because it was um, it was a production that we were trying to do that was going to be a documentary that was a little more maybe meditative, mm-hmm. um, yeah. slower, quieter. But it walked through the through well a bit of Palm Sunday, but then Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and um, and then on to Easter Sunday. So um, I really enjoyed that, and definitely challenging, um, but uh, but certainly rewarding. 
Yeah, and again, I should say This Side of Eden, <laughs> excellent documentary by Matthew Harrison, also available on our website, <laughs> saltandlighttv.org. Um, Chris, uh, any challenges? Well, I remember our filming in the Holy Land, which I think was in 2009. You were was, there for a month. Yes, we were there for a month, and that was a particularly difficult shoot. We were filming a couple of different projects, including Across the Divide, which was about students at Bethlehem University in the yeah. midst of the conflict. And during that shoot, um, a lot of stuff that could go wrong did. Uh, for example, um, our camera toppled over. It was on the tripod, hit a rock, and uh, and basically it it um, destroyed the main unit of the camera. But it was a rock that Jesus probably had been sitting on at some point. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And uh, and we had all these other components that could only work with this particular camera. And there happened to be only one of these cameras in in Israel. Uh, that we eventually were able to track down and and rent. And then also on this same shoot, we ended up getting into a car accident. Um, A car hit us from from behind. No one was hurt. We were going to exchange all the information, but the driver just ended up fleeing. And uh, and so what you do, you're in a foreign country. You don't know how things work. You don't know where the police station is. And most people around you don't speak English. Right. Amazing. Yeah, that that's a good story. And I'm sure you have great pictures um, of the car crash in... Because the camera wasn't working. The camera wasn't <laughs> exactly. Working. Yeah, in Israel. Alicia, what, what, what was one of the most challenging? You spoke a little bit about the live coverage, but you also worked on other projects. What, what, what has been one of the most challenging experiences for you here? The most challenging was probably launching Vatican Connections, the, the weekly program that I had the last, right. last four years that I was at Salt and Light. Yeah. Um, it was such a big leap from everything else I had been doing to doing something, a half-hour program every week, and doing it essentially like on a shoestring, doing it mm-hmm. with, you know, the, the salt and light resources, which are, uh, they are, which are sometimes a lot less than what we wish they would be. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Um, so learning how to do that, learning what goes into developing something from scratch, was it was a you know a test of my professional skills. It was pushing my personal capacities to the limit. It was one of those horizon expanding moments, um, and I went into it just kind of thinking, I'm going to do this because this is what I know. This is my area of expertise. You know. And kind of hoping and praying that maybe it'll be of use to someone. Mm-hmm. Someone out there will find it useful. Um, and like Jillian, I started hearing very quickly afterwards feedback from unexpected places. Like that, that was a really important episode for me, that your program last week, that was really important. I learned this, which I needed to know. Um, I remember, I think it was my very first show, the first or second show, um, I interviewed an official from from Vatican Dicastery about a document that Pope Benedict had put out, basically changing rules for Catholic charities worldwide. Mm-hmm. And the next week, I got feedback from, well, then they were the, the, the little brothers of the Good Shepherd in Toronto, got in touch with me and said, thank you so much for that episode, for that show, and that interview in particular, because we are a Catholic charity, and we have to abide not only by the local civil laws in Canada, but we also have to abide by the Vatican's regulations on what makes us a Catholic charity. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that interview, 
we would have never known. Hmm. So, you know, hearing, getting that feedback and kind of going, whoa, I just wanted to start this show because I'm a church nerd. Whoa, hmm. this is actually helping people. That was, that was huge. That was huge. But it was, and it, it made sense. Like, it started yeah. to make sense. Now I understood why it was so challenging to get to the point of launching the show because, you know, nothing good comes without right. basically no pain, no gain. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I understood that. And like I mentioned before, also the time in the time I spent in Rome and later Madrid was also that kind of horizon pushing right. moment. Like, yeah. Think these are your skills. You think this is who you are, and this is what you do. But here's a whole new set of things for you to do. Go, run with it. Yeah, and I think we can and all we can all talk about those challenges and about being stretched. I mean, we the the the, the phrase or the, the I guess in a, the Catholic expression that God doesn't call those who are prepared, but He prepares those who He calls. Like that's us. Um, just just in case anybody is tuning in at this time, you're listening to a special 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour show. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm speaking with. Former Salt and Light uh, TV personalities Jillian Cantor, Krista Matrenko, Alicia Ambrosio, and Matthew Harrison. Hi, I'm Father Rob Gallia, and I'd like to wish Salt and Light a wonderful 15th anniversary. Congratulations. I'm Deacon Pedro. You're listening to our 15th anniversary Salt and Light Hour special. Find out all about our Salt and Light TV documentaries and programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org. Um, we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to... I have a feeling that you, when you were talking about the most challenging project, if I ask you what's your, most, your proudest achievement, it might be the same answer. Um, so maybe I'll start. I'll start with Chris again. Um, and if it's the Holy Land, those two projects in the Holy Land, by all means. But what, what's your proudest achievement when you look back at your time at Salt and Light that you're... That was amazing that I got to work on that. You know what? This is... I'm not going to be answering your question in quite the typical (laughs) way. I'm going to come up with a new question. (laughs) But when I think about what I learned from my time at Salt and Light, I think that everyone who has worked for the church or who even volunteers for the church sees the politics within the church. And initially, it can be very unsettling. And so... Learning not to get caught up in that and learning that we're all on the same team here, even when we have ideological differences, to me, I felt that was a very important lesson to try to keep myself above the fray and um, basically, you know, for the protection of of my own soul and um, hopefully to help heal divisions that are in the church. Yeah. That's great. So that's great. That's a great way to answer the question, something that you're thankful for, something that you learned, uh, proudest achievement. I'll just ask all the questions yeah. and you guys can just pick one and answer it. Jillian. Yep. I'm also going to change your question. Your question is now, what is your greatest takeaway <laughs> from working at Salt and Light Television? <laughs> this is like the worst part of interviewing people who are used to doing their own interviews. Um, and I think it would be the ability to... Um, reach out to learn something about your faith. Um, As I parent and as I have kids who are school-aged, and, yeah, you just see the different levels of commitment to one's faith, whether it's the parents you see at the school ground or parent council or teachers or whomever it is. Um, And I think there's a strong desire in me to educate because of 
you know, if they just knew this about the church, if they just understood right. this about the church, then this and this would make more sense to them. Then they would be more passionate. Then they would be more eager to participate in their child's first communion or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's given me that spirit of evangelization and of mission um, that I can now take out to wherever it is that I am, wherever, whatever stage I'm at or my kids are at. And I don't think I would have been so fiercely adamant about my faith or even knowledgeable or even um, know where I can go if I need to know something and I don't have the answer. I wouldn't have those skills if I didn't work here, if I wasn't pushed to be able to find those answers for whatever project it was that I was working on for Salt and Light. So it's just really, yeah, it's moved me to try to help others be moved um, in their faith. Yeah, good. And that's something that I think all of us as Christians should be able to do, right? Because we're all called to mission. Um, Alicia, uh, I guess all the quite lessons <laughs> learned, takeaways, proudest achievement, what you're thankful for. You know, <laughs> yeah? <you> know, <laughs> that's, um, I hear a lot of what I was, I've been thinking in both what, what Chris and Jillian said. Um, you know, coming away from Salt and Light, I've seen so many places. I guess Salt and Light opened my eyes to, yeah, to the universality, to the depth of the church, to those things, like Jillian said, that you just think, oh, if only people understood this, it, they would get this. They would understand why this, why that. Um, and and also the um, the moving past ideological lines. But what that's what I've found is that as I, you know, move around in other church circles, it's made me acutely aware of how we don't tell our own story, how we're not, yeah. we kind of suck at telling our own story in many ways. Yes. And we don't realize that we lose people that way. And so it's given me this passion to tell the story, to show new communities, like, look, this is how you tell your story. Mm-hmm. And that's meant that I've been able to discover where I've landed. You know, I've been able to discover the community I'm in right now because I'm looking around going, there's stuff going on here that nobody knows about. And if only they knew about it, it would open their eyes and it would, you know, light the fire and it would instill the passion. But the other big takeaway from my time at Salt and Light was really not one specific project, but the people, you know, the people I came into contact with. I sometimes would get sent on assignments that it's like, what on earth am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why am I in Madrid? (laughs) You know? Um, But as I look back, each and every one of those projects, each and every one of those steps left me with people in my life that I wouldn't have otherwise. And if I look through my, you know, if I look through my WhatsApp contacts, <laughs> there's a list of people scattered around the world who are truly, who I can truly say, these are my close friends. And that's because of the things I was asked to do for, at Salt and Light, the places I was sent, the projects I was, I was sent on. And I would meet people, again, you'd meet people who you share things with, who you share, like, the most fundamental beliefs with. And that's the foundation for such a a profound friendship that, you know, that overcomes time and distance yeah, kind of thing. So, yeah, those are the two yeah, lots, things that wow. well, take away. Just yeah. before I go to Matthew, because you're making me think, and we, again, we've talked about this, I'm sure with with all of you I have spoken about this, that Salt and Light is, is a school in a sense. 
that, you know, it's a, it's a great place to work, but it's in a school and all of you are off now in the, <laughs> out in the real world <laughs> doing graduated. something else. You've graduated. You've, you've learned so much here and you've taken, and I think, Alicia, you put it, you, you, you put it in, in perfect words how, how that is now, those transferable skills, if I can use that expression, uh, it's more than just transferable skills, are, are being put to practice. Matthew, you're last. Um, proudest moment, lessons learned, takeaway. What, what are you thankful for? <laughs> So I, I would I would agree with uh, all my colleagues' responses to all the various questions in the various forms. Um, <laughs> but and, and, no, 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 but. Um, and I think really like just reflecting on, on on my experience, and you know, you you talk to people, and um, so many people don't understand the depth and the richness of the faith, and that's not even like like necessarily like church teaching, but just things that are going on in the world and mm-hmm. the different work of religious communities or the different work of, of just folks in parishes day-to-day working in the trenches. And, I mean, that was, to experience that and to be aware of that was something that's quite profound and, and unique and really a privilege to, to be part of and to see that aspect of our faith, because we're going beyond just, you know, Mass on Sunday kind of thing. It's, it's just it's seeing the uh, going back to that universality of the church. So, I mean that was one thing that's certainly a, a big takeaway. And like Alicia was saying too, like the, the friendships as well. And I just think of a lot of the, uh, like the the road trips and things like that yeah. where we'd go to like you know Saskatoon and film an installation of a bishop or right. go and do Knights of Columbus um, coverage of a convention yeah. or or even after you're out in the field and you do the filming and you come back and you work with like um, with some of the editors with like uh, with Mark Boudion with Richard Valenti like yes. just kind of that creative process and it's almost like sharing a meal where you you just sit together you work together you get to know each other you get to know each other's families you um, you know, challenges, you know, successes, joys and pain and all that stuff. And I mean, that's something that's very, very special to share uh, mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's kind of a reflection of our faith of, of walking together on this journey on earth, working towards heaven. So, um, you know, it, it's just kind of encapsulated in my time there at Salt and Light. And I'm no longer there. I haven't been there for, gosh, now seven years. Yeah. Um, but still, that continues in my my daily day life with my friends and my peers, and and in the parish I'm in now, and the the work that I do there. So, um, so yeah, Pedro, yes, it is I, really like a school, like you were saying, and it's yeah. like a family. I could kind of the, the extended yeah. Catholic family that we have around the world. Yes, I could not have said it better, Matthew. Have you considered being a deacon? Um, <laughs> Wait, wasn't one of the questions, who's your favorite deacon? <laughs> who's your favorite deacon at Salt and Light? No, um, we're completely out of time, but uh, this has been so fun. Uh, what a great opportunity to get the four of you uh, together with me, even remotely over the phone, at least to hear your voices. Um, thank you for doing this. A plug for all those programs that you mentioned, Mothering Full of Grace. It's a series. This Side of Eden, about... Uh, the Easter Triduum, um, Across the Divide and Within Your Gates, the projects that you did in the Holy Land, Chris uh, Dimitrenko, the Nothing More Beautiful series is also a great kind of uh, teaching series with uh, Archbishop Smith in Edmonton. All that and so much more at our website, saltandlighttv.org. Um, you've been listening to a special Salt and Light 15th anniversary 
program. Joining me today uh, are former Salt and Light personalities, Jillian Cantor, Matthew Harrison, Krista Matrenko, and Alicia Ambrosio. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Pedro. Thanks so much for, uh, for bringing us together, Pedro. You're very welcome. To learn more about Salt and Light and what we do, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org. While you're there, you should go to the Salt and Light Hour or radio page and send us an anniversary greeting. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, it's easy. We have this great little app. Just click on the Send Voicemail tab on the right of the screen, and you hit Start Recording, and then uh, there you go. Just record. You can also record a message on your phone and email it to us, radio at saltandlighttv.org, or you could just send us a written greeting you know, via Twitter or Facebook. We'll, re- we re- we'll read them out loud. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and especially if you have any Salt and Light-related stories that we maybe have not heard. Write to us and let us know. Salt and Light would not exist if it wasn't for you. And this program, the Salt and Light Hour, would also not exist without you. So thank you. Thank you for listening and for supporting our ministry. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special 15th anniversary edition of the Salt and Light Hour.